With a look back over the weekend sports action, this is Full Time on KCLR with Sinead Kyo. Welcome along to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. We're going to be talking all things sport over the next hour, so do stay with us. Lots coming up on the show today. Uh, we're going to be talking to the Carlo Senior Camogie Manager, Mark Ayers, after his side's win over Leash in the Intermediate Camogie Championship on Saturday. We'll also catch up with Gary Kyo, good friend of the show from Marble City Boxing Club as well. Uh, and we'll hear from Kilkenny hurling legend Owen Larkin, who will reflect on the quarter finals at the weekend and how Kilkenny will fare against the banner on the 2nd of July but first I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Camogie commentator and Come On Kind podcaster Martin Quilty Five finals um, played there yesterday so it was a, f- a full kind of schedule of, of matches being played and it was just like so enjoyable from start to finish but having said that Martin I'd say that there was a lot of work that went into getting ready for that day it's crazy now I suppose we only take up the latter end of it when it gets to it the majority of it done is uh, the round robin series and that in fairness to Sheila Norris she took over as the school secretary this year um, so she had it all done and when we get to the final stages then it was great but we were kind of nearly adamant that the school finals had to be played in Nolan Park it was the only place you could do it um, so I suppose getting a date that was suitable to everyone uh, because you have the boys obviously looking for their school's finals um, you have the senior hurlers that's training in Nolan Park currently uh, they're taking part during the Roller in semi-final as well so to find a date that was available um, was kind of like a nightmare but in fairness to Kilkenny GA um, and Johnny Coogan and the ground staff over there we got yesterday uh, we said we put the five finals on it was going to be a long day on us but as you could see yourself like it was great for the kids kids really enjoyed it and they love playing in Nolan Park Oh, Martin, it was so good for the kids and, and you said it like it had to be Nolan Park, didn't it? I think, nowhere. I think that's just kind of what made the whole day was the fact that it was played in Nolan Park. This is somewhere that, you know, kids have been since they were since they were born, they've been going to yeah. Nolan Park and And that's you know, no disrespect to other venues around Kilkenny either. You know, they're all great venues, but you see the likes of Grace Welsh that played in it on the inside with me now because we we're just about to record the Come On Kind podcast as well. She played in a primary school's final. Kira Murphy was refereeing a game yesterday. She played in the primary school's final, you know, and they all said it. Nowhere else is like it. You have to be able to play your final in Nolan Park. Yeah, definitely. And and what does it mean even for like okay, the venue we spoke about, and that's so important for the girls. But just the, even like everything else around the whole day, like I just thought it was so, so impressive. Uh, they were when they were running out onto the field, they had the music playing. The Crow Park fanfare, you know, yeah. The, the Crow Park fanfare. It just made them feel special. And I was having a look through the program. I know you've the program there in front of you as well. Uh, so well put together. You know, it's not only names the girls, but it has it gives a whole history on the the school as well. Like and that's going to do so much in terms of their you know um, ambitions for the future isn't it? Yeah yeah. Well, I suppose when you're that age you know you might be playing with your school or with your club at maybe under 10, 12 whatever it is. Um, a lot of girls might be playing competitively so for them that is their All-Ireland final you know to get to play in uh, Nolan Park um, UPMC Nolan Park better give it its right title. Um, but yeah we kind of try and make it an All-Ireland final day so when they come out of the tunnel they run out the tunnel the fanfare is playing they go 
to the bench to get their team photograph taken the same as you would if you were above in Crow Park play the game if you win great get photograph taken with the cup and parents around them and a bit strange yesterday because obviously KCLR came on board as the new sponsors this year which we were delighted with um, and grateful to John and to Ken and all the team here as well so I suppose a lot of the girls had post-match interviews um, that they were able to do and talk about the now a lot of them they were so-called chatterboxes I was told but you know yourself trying to get answers out of little girls and did you like playing with it yeah was it good being playing in Ona Park yeah like you're nearly <laughs> afraid to talk to somebody but still it was great for them like to be able to to get to do that but yeah it, it was just fantastic it was yeah and like you were saying there as well Martin it's not just about like this for them this could be their uh, All-Ireland final to them it's the memories that are made but even kind of uh, what I found really nice about yesterday as well uh, out of the five uh, officials that were refereeing the games two of those were women so even just to see that and to kind of think well even if I'm not going to be playing into the future maybe I'll get involved with refereeing or maybe I'll get involved with coaching you know so all of those opportunities are available to these girls as well and to see that is really important too correct we only have two female referees in the whole of the county which is for us is a joke really the size of the county that we have um, there's an awful lot of ex-players don't take it up I suppose it doesn't feel attractive to a lot of people there's a lot of abuse that comes with it not all the time um, and we will have a bit we chatted with Kira Murphy afterwards as I said Kira has been there as a player with the schools she's with her county team with the intermediates currently she's playing has played an All-Ireland final in Crow Park and now she's doing a bit of refereeing as well which hopefully she will be now part of the new female referees academy that was uh, launched by Crow Park only yeah. I think about two weeks ago yeah tell us tell us a little bit about that Martin they're at the new refereeing academy well there's a whole new series of events coming down from Crow Park in relation to referee development from top level all the way down um, with mentoring assessments I was brought in as one of the new assessors last year as well trained up to go and assess the referees not to criticise them but to develop them and make them better the same as Kamoki players do when they're learning new skills etc so I suppose the the female academy um it's kind of a sister initiative to the Peter Downey Academy that was started many years ago many people might know Peter Downey was a national referee for many years he was then put in charge of the National Referees Committee but tragically uh, had an accident going back a few years ago and he passed away after it so the academy was set up in his name um, and the likes of Jenny Byrne um, Eamon Cassidy Ray Kelly those actually came out of that academy and they've refereed all our finals in Crow Park but now they want to try and get more females involved in it would you believe Sinead currently there's only one female top flight referee in the whole of Ireland doing senior camogie games and that's Liz Dempsey it is it is unbelievable to, to think about but I know that you kind of mentioned it there as well the, the abuse that referees take like sometimes I know I, I know a, a man from home uh, from um, my club uh, has recently got involved with refereeing and I said God fair play to you and, and it's great but I, I kind of said to him but what are you getting are you yourself mad? are you mad like <laughs> do you know so I can understand why people aren't taking it up but, 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 but they're needed we had a bit yesterday in Nolan Park uh, with one of the schools games um, one of the referees was doing a game and he had to put a mentor and I was at spotting him so I was actually going to remove the mentor from the sideline and put him over into the stand and get rid of him but the, the referee was after taking his name um, so it's there you know and it's not going to change unfortunately maybe patterns might change um, but it's not as bad towards officials as it has been 
um, but we do need to get more females involved and I can't understand why some of the ex-players even the hurlers themselves like I mean you look at ex-hurlers it doesn't happen you go towards rugby and you have a lot of the ex-players in rugby will actually take up the whistle to referee games because they want to stay involved in it. It's the same with Camogie. We need to get more females um, involved in it. So I suppose this new academy is what they're going to do um, and they're going to have mentors and develop referees uh, in the areas beyond the rules of the game. So they're going to develop them, I suppose, in techniques of refereeing, probably how to deal with stuff like that you're not getting abused um, like I spoke with Owen Elliot recently uh, on a documentary I was doing for my college course um, and he's head of the referees at the minute and he said there's two things that you can do as a referee that will kind of stop the abuse one is to be fit that you're up a play you're keeping the game flowing etc and you can see the infractions and two is if you know the rules inside out and you're explaining them to players they might not agree with you but at least if they know what you're blowing the foul for, they're less likely to get into a heated argument for it, which I think is a great idea. But um, I know, and I'm hoping Kira Murphy, one of our referees that was out yesterday, and I think she is going to take up uh, the female academy role as well with the Camogie Association, because I'd love to see Kira above in Crow Park doing games as well. I think she's brilliant. you seen her yourself yesterday out with it, um, and during the interview she said, you know, when you get girls, I mean, I might be going to a game, but I'm a man there are several men that go to the schools games or mogi games within their own club and the next thing you look up and wow I have a young girl that's coming to referee me like this is great I could when I stop playing go into the refereeing role as well so that's what we're going to try and do that's exactly it, yeah. Um, and, and anyone that's listening to this now that has an interest in camogie or has an interest in officiating games, definitely give it a go. There's there's no harm in, in trying um, and seeing what it's like. And as you said there, it, it'll be very much appreciated by young girls that are up, up and coming in camogie as well to see another female that's um, that's part of, of the whole experience. Well, listen, Martin, thanks so much for joining no me on Full Time today. I'll let you get off to record I hope your I enjoyed your experience experience now in Nolan Park yesterday. I did. I had a great day and I've been I, I've been talking about it to anyone that listened to me today all about it. No, it was it was a genuinely really good experience. I just wish that uh, that was around when I was younger playing Camogie. Uh, that whole spectacle around it. It, w- it was amazing. So and I, heard, you? I heard you actually saying to Edward earlier on because I know you were on with him that uh, you'd like more counties to actually get involved and put him in the county grounds. Yeah. There's a lot of county grounds don't allow that to happen. Um, you know, so it would be great and give the, the girls the experience and the whole lot with it and the catering now mightn't be as good in other places but I anyway know, I, had, I, I sampled a few of the, the sandwiches and, and some of your delicacies that you made as well we're no. not going into the delicacies <laughs> now because uh, Ken, Ken poor Ken is uh, yeah he'll probably listen and now and he'll be salvating after us as well I know Although yeah. I don't think Shane believes that I was actually after doing the cakes I don't anyway. think he did either um, well listen Martin thanks so much I'll, I'll let you get recording there on your podcast but I really appreciate you coming in and that was Martin Quilty there come on kind podcaster and KCLR commentator uh, for all things Camogie as well we're going to take a quick break now but coming up after the break I'm going to be speaking to Mark Ayres about Carlo Camogie's win over the weekend with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny lahartzvolkswagen.ie Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahards, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahardvolkswagen.ie. 
Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, the Carlo Intermediate Camogie team had a well-earned victory over Leash at the weekend at home in Netwatch Dr. Cullen Park. Joining me on the line now to discuss that win is Carlo manager Mark Ayres. Mark, you're very welcome to the programme. How are you keeping? Good, thanks, Sinead. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Not, not at all, not at all. Um, Mark, uh, you, um, as I mentioned there, you had a good win over, over Leash there at the weekend. Hard-earned, though. It didn't come easy, did it? No, look, any, any time Leash come to Dr. Cullen Park, to be honest, it's any win you get there against them is hard earned and it's you no, know, it's, it's a tough it was a tough day to be fair. But look we got over the line, that's the main thing. Yeah, and what does that mean now in terms of your position in the in the league table? In the table and today we are fourth in the table, but that doesn't really mean a whole lot. That that means that well, Westmead will go to play Leash in the next game. We will go to play Dublin in the next game. So it can change maybe a small bit, but um, if Leash beat Westmead, uh, Leash will go ahead of us, and we would have to beat Dublin by um, by a margin. Um, so look, it's still hard to play for in the bottom three, but look, that win was it was definitely uh, definitely beneficial for us, etc. And just in terms of the campaign so far, then just kind of talk us through that. So, but prior to that win, how how had the the other games gone? Well, they didn't go our way, unfortunately. But we we only targeted one of those three wins, which was the Westmead. But they were too they were too strong on the day. First, Galway and Fairness, Galway will will I would assume will top the group, and they are topping the group at the moment, and they'll push on and probably win it. It's uh, Kerry. Kerry was a close game too in in Watch Cullen Park. That was that we went we brought down two points. Um, but yeah, look, I was probably happier with the with the performance in the Kerry game over the performance in the Westmead game. Um, I think we left the Kerry game behind us to some degree. And do you feel, Mark, that you're improving all the time? Like as as the games, like from game to game, do you feel like you're seeing an improvement in the girls? Oh, we do absolutely. I think I think the way the fixtures were 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 drawn out first, it could have been in our favours to get the the tough kid out of the way, I suppose, early on and build a bit of momentum uh, as we as we gathered on through the, the the championship. But look, we had a tough league. We only gathered the team together late, and we had very little done, and we're still only getting to know the players to some degree. And you know, the management team is it's fairly new too as well. But look, we'd be happy enough with where we are I suppose if you had asked me that at the beginning of the championship I would have, t- I would have took it hands down uh, and the next game now as you mentioned is going to be against Dublin that's uh, that that's going to be in Dublin am I right? That's in Dublin yeah there's no exact fixture um, um, as, as regards venue yet but it's going to be in Dublin look we, we've met them twice this year um, we two close games I think one was very very early on in the league we'd only met the team twice at that stage um, then we had the in the uh, the Leinster Championship. We 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 got beaten by four points that day. I think um, again we only had a small panel going up. Uh, but again, look, the performance was there. Um, I think going into this next game, we'll we'll definitely target them. They will be, you know, they'll be very nervous of us, knowing that we we're after gaining a lot of momentum. Whereas they've gone the opposite way. They had a lot of momentum at the start of the championship, started the league as well, and they've definitely in form as the championship has gone on Yeah and in terms of injuries then did any of the girls pick up any injuries over the weekend or do you, do you think they'll all be fully fit now for Dublin? No no injuries no all fully fit for Dublin yeah no injuries 
that's what I know of anyway yeah, yeah. And, and so Dublin going to be next weekend is it or no, do you, yeah, you have, no the second the second of July yeah, yeah. Uh, five o'clock throwing we don't have the venue yet but we normally get the venue a week before so you just you have the date at the moment just don't have, the, have the, the venue date yeah. Time, yeah and how will you kind of prepare now over over the next couple of weeks oh. getting ready for that Look, we target it like I've said before. One hundred percent. We'll 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 do a lot of investigation into it. We'll pick out key players and key positions as much as we possibly can for the day. Get our team fired up as much as we can. It's the last game of the season, hopefully. Um. So look, yes, we have it all on the line, but we're not going to go up there and hand anything to them. Uh, we'll train a couple of times this week. We'll train a couple of times next week. Maybe get every analysis session in or something. And um, yeah, we we will be prepared, but. Look, on the day, I think it's a, it's a, it could come down to a puck of a ball, first half or second half. Yeah, well, I, we'd encourage anyone um, in Carlow now to, to make their way up to Dublin uh, in two weeks, weeks' time for that game because they need all the support that they that they can get um, and it'd be great to see a good crowd gathered. It's, it's probably going to be, well, as I said, yeah, it's against Dublin. Do, do they do, like, home and away venues? Like, it'll probably be in Parnell Park then, will it, if it's in Dublin? No, no. Um, the last time we played them, actually, the last two times we played them was up in Santry, up in um, it was Trinity Grounds, I think it was. So no, they don't use Parnell Park as much as as, as, as I can remember. Um, maybe the senior team do, intermediate team don't. Right. Okay. Well, look, I'm sure you'll have it up on on Facebook and um, on the official uh, website as well as soon as you know wh- where the venue is going to be. Um, and we'll definitely we'll definitely broadcast it here as well and let people know where it's going to be and encourage everyone to to go along and support the girls. Well, listen, Mark. Thanks so much for for joining me on full time today and all the best uh, in that game against Dublin. Lovely, yeah. Thanks for having me, Sinead. Thanks very much. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, Mark Ayres there. He is the he's the manager of the Carlo Intermediate uh, Camogie team. Uh, so we're going to take just a quick break now and coming up after the break, we're going to hear from Kilkenny legend Owen Larkin. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahartzvolkswagen.ie. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahartzvolkswagen.ie. Welcome back to Full Time. Now, just before coming on air, I spoke to eight-time All-Ireland winner for Kilkenny, Owen Larkin, to get his thoughts on the quarterfinals over the weekend and how he thinks the Cats will fare against the Banner in two weeks' time when they face them in Crow Park. I began by asking him what he thought of the first game in Sedbill Stadium featuring Galway and Cork. I thought it was a poor game overall. Um, Cork probably shot themselves in the foot with the weights they had it. You know, kind of lost position. Um, you know, when they were attacking in really good attacking areas, Galway went up and kind of punished them. Then, you know, um, I suppose the, the first goal probably set the tone for the match. It was, you know, a soft enough goal to give away, and you know, Cork never really got going after that. I'm sure they disappointed into themselves, but you know, I think this is the this has been the Cork we've known over the last number of years. You know, they can be very, very good or, or very average, and they were very, very average. Uh, on Saturday in saying that Galway weren't great either but you know just had enough to get over the line Yeah I think Shefflin will be happy as well with how his players responded because he really did need a big response after the defeat to Kilkenny Certainly you know it should sound, stand him in good stead uh, coming out the right side of it 
but uh, I'd say he will be disappointed with the level of performance that they showed on Saturday and I'd say that would be one thing he'd be saying to the players that you know going into a semi-final that performance definitely won't be good enough to win a semi-final and, and they will have to improve and saying that you know they were probably disappointed after the Leinster final um, and, and often the next game you know everybody expects them to to kind of come out and give a performance and it's it can be quite hard to get yourself you know really ready for it and I suppose the quarter final really was just about getting over it and um, getting back to Crow Park and, and back to a semi-final but look he'll be delighted with that um, they can move on from there they'll train really hard over the next couple of weeks and, and hopefully get a good performance out in the semi-final and Owen I'm just curious to get your point of view as well on Kieran Kingston's decision to leave Patrick Horgan on the bench and I know that you're managing a team now at the moment uh, in Carlo like from a manager's perspective to leave someone like Patrick Horgan on the bench like okay he's 34 now like maybe you think you're thinking you know he doesn't have a full 70 minutes uh, in him but like is it a hard decision for a manager to kind of go right do I start him or do I bring him on as as an impact sub like it's it's difficult isn't it it's it's not easy like when you have to make those kind of decisions oh it is difficult but uh, on the other side of it you have to have someone uh, to bring in you know and the quality there to bring in and I don't think Cork have at the moment um, Patrick Harvin you know, he might. Although he mightn't um, last the seventy minutes, or he might get get up to the to the pace of um, of intercounty hurling at thirty four years of age, the way we want him to, he's still deadly accurate on freeze. And you know, in the first couple of minutes or first maybe ten or fifteen minutes, Carpenter three or four, you know, a freeze that Patrick Harvin would have definitely pulled over. And, um, and I think that's that's probably going to eat away at Kieran Kingston now or the next couple of months that you yeah. know, they didn't start him and they missed those frees and you know maybe if they had started him um, would it be a different outcome um, possibly possibly it would be I think myself it probably would be mm. um, but going back to the, to the to the point is you know you have to have a lad good enough to take his place and, and at this point in time I, d- I just don't think Cork have, have that quality in their panel um, so I think you probably should have stuck with him for uh, for last Saturday and possibly for the rest of the year and then reassess it and see can they get someone else in but I think it was prob- probably the wrong call that I think if Kieran Kingston looks back over it he probably he probably would agree that that was the wrong call uh, and if they had to play him possibly they might be in a semi-final now yeah and it's a shame because you know I, I know that uh, Patrick Horgan still has that drive and determination to keep going but w- will he or won't he be like will he feature in, in next year's championship you know this could have been his kind of last chance maybe potentially to win in All-Ireland so that's the kind of frustrating thing as well but just look at the other, the other game then uh, Wexford and, and Clare what did you make of that game on? Yeah I thought it was four off as well to be honest the top two games were, were you know a relatively poor standard for all Ireland quarterfinals. Um, obviously, look, there's so much on the line. Uh, it's just about winning, you know, and, and getting over the line. But um, I think we were all expecting a huge performance from Clare, and kind of looking back on it, you know, they, they gave everything against Limerick. Absolutely went above and beyond against Limerick, and everybody expected a big performance out. But like I said, you know, with Galway, it can, it can often lead to a, a little bit of a down performance. Um, but look, Brian Norman will be absolutely thrilled. I think to go go with that match with a win, having not uh, hit anywhere near the heights that they hit against Limerick. And uh, Wexford, on the other hand, will be kicking themselves. You know, had a couple of chances. Uh, were five or six points up, but probably six or seven or eight minutes to go, and you know, let that lead slip. And um, they'll be really disappointed.
do with that but um, for Clare going forward I think it's it's the ultimate tonic for them Kilkenny, Kilkenny are playing them now but uh, it'll be really 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 tough game for Kilkenny I think. And, and for Kilkenny now like no, they know who, who they're going to be facing now in the semi-final does that make a difference at all uh, on in terms of preparation or, or will, will Brian just be concentrating on Kilkenny Yeah I think most of all they'll be probably concentrating on their own game but look it'd be foolish to, to not talk about Clare as well because they have they have been Barry Limerick this year they have been really the farm team all year um, and I'd say Brian will be kind of instilling in the lads to you know get their own minds right get their own games right but he will still I'd say talk about the the way Clare play and uh, the danger men that Clare have and, uh, and that kind of thing but it, you know most of the talk will be about getting themselves right I'd say but look it's going to be a formidable task um uh, you know, Kilkenny have been up and down this year. Player probably more up than down. Uh, I think getting the win on on Saturday will will benefit Clare. I think there will be a different animal uh, come the semi final. I think they will play better. They'll, they'll have more confidence. All that kind of stuff. Uh, so Kilkenny will definitely have to be at the top of their game to have to have any chance of turning them over. But uh, it makes for a really exciting All Ireland semi final. And on what do you think about like you know the four week break now in between the Leinster final and the semi final? Like, do you think that's that big long stretch uh, is is good for Kilkenny or is it actually more beneficial to go through the qualifier route like Clare have? Yeah, it probably is if you can get through it, uh, uh, get through it, and get to a semi final, and then you have four weeks of, of a break. Um, you know, you have, you have a tough kind of around robin theory there, uh, and then you have the. Uh, quarter final kind of two weeks afterwards as well you know the more competitive games you get you know you'd say you'd be getting better throughout the year and probably the, the four week break then is coming nicely for Clare that they can you know take a week of downtime and recover and rest up and, and then get back at uh, you know it'll probably be I think it's, it's a five or six weeks then for since Kilkenny will have played you know and sometimes it can catch out that you're just not up to the pace of things so um, so look it's it's going to be very interesting to see what way the teams react to the time they had off and and the extra game that, that Clare played as well but look there'll be no excuses at the end of the day you know the best team will win and Kenny will definitely be hoping that'll be them yeah, and just kind of looking back on the Galway match, um, I think the, the thing that sort of stood out for me, maybe in terms of things that might concern Kilkenny and the management team, just how easily Galway were sort of able to penetrate the Kilkenny uh, defence. Uh, definitely, I think, because, you know, as you said, if, if Galway had to take one or, or two of those chances that they got, um, it would have been a totally different game in the in the Leicester final and I think that will worry Brian Cody um, I've said for a long time I'd like to see Hugh Lawler out there centre back uh, big physical strong man look I know you'd be robbing Peter to pay Paul uh, because you'd be short of full back then but I just think th- I don't think there'd be uh, as much open space out there if he was out there um, but look Brian would probably go with Hugh a full back and Richie Reid maybe a centre back and you know he'll, he'll be talking to Richard Reid and, and Hugh Lawler over the next couple of weeks now to try and kind of shore up that defence and try and limit the amount of chances or amount of goal chances that they give to to Clare because you know we all we all seen the forwards that they have their their lethal under day and um, you know well able to create goal chances and take them as well so they definitely won't want to be given a, a three or four goal chances to Clare and the All Ireland semi final or it could be 
it could be game over within the first 20 minutes Oh, and just before I let you go as well, I'm just kind of curious to get your perspective on the whole discussion around Munster hurling. I know being from Wexford myself and kind of looking at the Sunday game analysis there over the weekend and the whole discussion at half time was all about how badly Clare were playing, but giving no kind of credit to, to Wexford. And like, how do you feel being a Kilkenny man, just kind of hearing that narrative around Munster hurling all the time? Is it something that angers or frustrates you at all? Yeah, it does. It definitely does. And uh, to be honest about it, I've gone to the stage where I don't even watch the Sunday game anymore because it's it's gone. They don't even talk about good hurling or or the way everything is, you know, an ulterior motive. You know, this lad give a dirty slap. Now I'm watching hurling a long time, and I've I've yet to see a really, 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 really dirty slap in it. You know, players give and take, and they get on with it. They're men about, but it just seems to be all the flashpoints brought, brought up there's nothing about the decent hurling the manly hurling uh, so I've really given up on watching the Sunday game and I really wouldn't pay too much heed to what comes out out of it um, you know there's a couple of pundits on there they're all, uh, you know they're only really in it for themselves and they get their own face on telly so um, I, I wouldn't be paying too much heed to it I thought Wexford you know went at the game uh, really manly, really professional about on on Saturday, and you know came, came up short. But you know it's for it's, uh, Darry Egan's first year in charge. You know you can't change everything in the first year, and you know you could see he's trying to get a stamp on the team, and you know they've done well, relatively well throughout the year. So um, I suppose getting to a car finally getting better is not really where Wexford want to be, and they want to be competing in, in the latter stages of the championship and. You know they'll just have to reassess, and and Darrow will be trying to implement some some more of his thinking onto the team next year. But I really wouldn't be paying too much heed to what Sunday game comes out. To be honest. Yeah, nor would I. Um, and just sorry, just finally then, uh, on just uh, just back to kind of battle and kill, and then this is your second year in charge with them. How how's everything going at the moment? Yeah, look, it's um, it's going well. We had a couple of injuries there on Friday night, but we were able to go over the line, so we've two points on the board and uh, we face Mount Leicester Rangers now on Sunday evening so it doesn't get any easier but uh, look hopefully the injuries might start to clear up for us now and uh, we have a couple of lads back from holidays and things like that so um, it's going to be uh, a busy couple of weeks ahead now for the next four weeks or that so we just have to kind of knuckle down and, and try and do our very best on Sunday night to get two more points on the board and move on from there Absolutely. Well, look, best luck with that. We're, we're all eagerly anticipating this uh, this clash with uh, Kilkenny and, and Clare now in two weeks' time as well. Uh, so, listen, as always, it's a pleasure to, to chat to you, Owen. So, thanks so much for taking the time and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. No problem at all. Thanks, Millen. That was Owen Larkin there speaking about the Hurling Championship and Kilkenny's uh, chances as they face Munster Hotshots Clare in a few weeks' time. I'm really interested to know what everyone thinks about uh, the prospect of facing Clare now uh, on the 2nd of July in Crow Park. Do get your texts into me. It's uh, 083 306 9696. Also, any opinions that you have um, on the on the championship this year? What did you make of the qualifiers at the weekend? 
I was speaking to Owen um, with great interest to, to know what uh, he thought about the whole Munster narrative uh, that kind of circulates around this time of year um, with pundits on the Sunday game in particular but I'd like to know what, what are your thoughts do you think that Munster hurling is that much more superior or are you sick like me of hearing all about uh, the, the Corks and the Clares and the Limericks of this world without a mention of Kilkenny um, who has more All-Irelands than, than any other county uh, so do get your, your texts into me we're going to take a quick ad break now but coming up after the break we're going to talk all things boxing Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny. LahartzVolkswagen.ie. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny. LahartzVolkswagen.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, the Marble City Boxing Club are keeping boxing firmly on the map after another successful uh, appearance at the National Junior Cadet Championships in Dublin at the weekend. Joining me now on the line to tell me all about this is Gary Kyo. Gary, how are you keeping? Long time no speak. Sinead, how are things? I'm good, I'm good you. Not too bad. Uh, Gary, the young lads are, are really shining for the club at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we had another phenomenal weekend there in the, in the stadium, Sinead. Um, we were up at the National Junior Cadet Championships, um, which acts as a qualifier for the Junior European Championships, uh, which are coming up in August in Turkey. Um, we entered three boxers into the competition um, two weeks ago, and all the lads, they battled their way through preliminary uh, quarter and semi-final rounds to, to reach the finals yesterday. Um, we had two two boxers, uh, both Tommy Fitzpatrick and Josh Dowlin, uh, competed in the 38.5 kilo uh, final and the 66 kilo final, and they were both edged out on three two split decisions. Now they were a toss of a kind. Um, two remarkable young lads that put in a, a tremendous performance. Um, and we had yesterday Keane Stapleton uh, managed to add a second national title in the space of two months to his collection and he guaranteed his place uh, to represent Ireland at the European Championships in August. Ah, that's great stuff. Yeah, I was reading a little bit about uh, the, the lads there today. So yeah, as you mentioned there, Gary, you put three lads forward um, and Keane Stapleton, he, he qualified, so he's going to Turkey now in August. The other two lads narrowly missing out. Uh, I know you were saying there it was kind of split decision. Just, I'm always curious, uh, as a boxer, that must be just so heartbreaking when it's a split decision like that. I'm sure you've you faced that many times um, before even going up through through the um, juvenile ranks yourself, Gary. It must be just utterly heartbreaking. Oh, absolutely. Look, it, it's like everything. You're always looking. Peter O'Donnell is the, the master of ceremonies in the National Stadium and uh, whenever you hear him calling out a 3-2 split decision, your, your heart just sinks because at that stage, look, it's in the lap of the gods. Um, it, could, it could go either way and just Unfortunately, yesterday we didn't get the rub of the green on those two uh, two split decisions. But look, the lads put up tremendous performances. You know they've, they've shown why they're at this level. Um, for you know the club, we only entered three boxes into the championship, and we had three there on the final day. Um, and look, as we said, two missed out, but we have one chap he's heading to the Europeans now. And the other two guys can take great pride in their performances. They beat they beat all beat Rain and Irish champions on the way to the final. Um, and they're learning a huge amount from it and the experience um, but they're not finished yet they have a, another international box cup we have starting this weekend and we have another international box cup starting the following weekend so it's all go in the club all yeah go. and and just uh, on that competition like what's the kind of age cut off Gary? 
that was for 12 and 13 year olds is what it was for oh um, right okay okay so it, it actually the, the junior junior Europeans are for 12 and 13 year olds um, but yeah look it's, it's it's been a phenomenal few weeks for um, those lads they've they've trained their socks off um, and they put themselves in the position to be there on the final day um, of the biggest competition in juvenile um, Irish school by boxing yeah well, um, that's it and I know that you said there as well like the amount of learning that they're going to take from that experience as well and they're only 12, 13 like they've, they've a long long career ahead of them still um, but just I know you're saying so Keane is qualified uh, Keane Stapleton can you just tell me tell me a little bit about Keane yeah, so Keane actually started boxing with us when he was 10 years of age. Um, he came in the doors when he was 10 years of age and he started out at 54 kilos. Um, and he actually boxed yesterday as a 13-year-old at 52 kilos. So transformation in Keane has been tremendous. Uh, he started out like every other young kid that comes in the doors, just wanted to lace up a pair of boxing gloves and get started. Um, and he's an example for any other young lad who wants to get involved in the sport. Keane probably lost his first seven or eight fights contests in the club. Um, and he just kept working kept grinding away and eventually you know the look started to, tra- started to change with all the work he put in um, he claimed obviously look COVID came along so he missed out on his first year of competition boxing so he'd missed two years um, he stayed training throughout though, all the lockdowns um, and he won his first Leinster title in March he went on then to claim his national title in uh, April and he's after now adding a second national title in the space of two months to his collection and booked his ticket to fight for Ireland at the European Junior Championships. That's amazing, and like like you were saying, like kind of when he was starting out, he um, he experienced a lot of uh, adversity, uh, but he he came through. Uh, and and I know you were saying there he was ten starting out. Now I wouldn't. I wouldn't have kind of done boxing, or I wouldn't have been around many boxers when I was when I was younger. So, would ten be would that be late starting, Gary, or would that be kind of the, the norm? So the first year of competition boxing would be 11 years of age. So he just came in the year before um, his first year of competition. So he would have started at probably a, a very good age. Um, you know, he, he came in the right time, and it would, look, he, he's after working, he's after working his socks off for the past three four years now when he's in the club just to get himself to the position he's in today um, you know look it's, it's absolutely tremendous to, to have one of the club boxers go and represent the, the Irish high performance unit um, that's where he'll be based now he'll be based in Dublin training with the high performance uh, unit every weekend um, for the next couple of weeks and then he'll head off to Turkey to represent Ireland yeah and that was my that was going to be my next question actually what will the training regime be like now for the next couple of weeks um, as he prepares for Turkey yeah, so he'll find himself based in the high performance unit up in Dublin now. Um, every weekend he'll be there, and probably the week before the European Championships, um, he'll be put into a training camp uh, with the high performance. And from there, they'll uh, depart then for Turkey, and he'll be straight into the Junior World Championships. Very good. Well, listen, thanks so much for for joining us on full time today, Gary, and all the best to Keane as he gets ready ready for the the Europeans. Um, and do stay in touch as well, and, and keep us up to date with with everything that's happening in uh, Marble City Boxing. You're you're always great for coming on and filling us in. The the future is definitely bright where boxing is concerned in Kilkenny. Absolutely. Look, uh, it, look, it's it's great to keep boxing boxing on the map um, and the club are definitely doing that um, we have another three boxers um, heading up to Dublin at the weekend to box in the Monkstown International Box Cup which you'll see um, I think 14 countries participate and next weekend we head off to Hull for another International Box Cup um, so there's no, no shortage of competition with the club 
Definitely not. Well, listen, thanks so much for that, Gary, and sure, look, we'll, we'll chat to you again soon. Brilliant. Thanks very much for that. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Uh, that was Gary Kyo there from Marble City Boxing Club. That's all we have time for today. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Owen Carey is up next. And uh, don't forget, I'll be back here next week. Same time, same place. Do join me then for more sport and chat, but I'll chat to you again soon. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny. La Hearts Volkswagen.ie.